Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. Welcome back to the Finley Capital Podcast. My name is Logan Ricchetti. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Hard Money Handbook. Go to www.hardmoneyhandbook.com to download a free report to learn how to use hard money loans to fund your real estate deals. Also brought to you by the Facebook group, Powered by Private. If you are a real estate investor who wants to learn more about using private capital to fund your deals, or if you are an individual that wants to learn more about lending your own private capital or investing in loans, that's the group that you want to be in, Powered by Private on Facebook. Today, I want to talk about my plans for my debt fund, how I'm going to deploy the capital in the debt fund in the next couple of years. And I'm building this uh, structure now. It's not fully implemented yet, but I have the vision for how I'm going to deploy capital at scale through the debt fund because here's the problem. Right now, Finley Capital has a balance sheet of roughly, I don't know exactly what it is today, but eight or $9 million in loans, which is great. But I'd like to double and triple and quadruple that over the next couple of years as we grow safely and responsibly. The problem with growth in the hard money private lending industry is you're limited by your ability to originate good loans. And what I mean by that is right now on an average month, I might originate a million dollars in loan volume, maybe half a million to a million and a half is the range of kind of what I'm able to do on a monthly basis. And that the limitations of how much you can lend or how much you can originate in a month just comes down to your capacity, you know, how many borrowers you know, how much marketing you do, how much deal flow you get, you know, how many of your deals actually close, how many don't fall through, how many of your borrowers actually work with you, and et cetera. So it's one thing, you know, if you have a $12 million balance sheet and an average loan is six months, that means you basically need to generate around $2 million a month in loan originations to fully deploy your capital optimally. The problem with that is it's hard to generate $2 million in loan volume, loan origination volume. So it's gonna, you know, I have a balance of life that I want to keep, you know, I got babies now, I got, I have other things in my life that I want to do other than work 24 seven. Obviously, I work hard, and I want to work hard, and I enjoy doing originations, but I don't think I'll be able to get from 1 million to 2 million to 4 million to 8 million myself. And that's reasonable to think. But the only other way, there's really only two ways to grow the origination side of the business, which is basically the lifeblood of, of the deal flow, is generating these new loans, is either to build a team, so a little brokerage or a little mini team around myself and have the team members raise, you know, uh, fill the balance sheet with loan originations every month. And I think that's something that is a viable option. And I haven't discounted that option completely. But one of the things I'm finding is I have right now about maybe two dozen what I quote, quote unquote loan originators or... Uh, brokers that I'm working with, you know, mortgage brokers who are actually sending deals my way. They're brokering deals from their origination, uh, you know, marketing efforts into Finley Capital to quote loans and hopefully fund those loans and then pay them commissions, which is cool. But even with two dozen or so loan originators, quote unquote, and mortgage brokers, we're not hitting the deal flow levels that I want to hit. So it's, it's really difficult to, people don't realize how difficult it is to actually generate this much deal flow on a monthly basis over and over and over again. It takes a lot of marketing. It takes a lot of communications. It takes a lot of quoting. So far in the month of May, I think we've quoted about 45 loans, loan applications or loan quotes, if you will. And we've only funded, I think, eight deals. You know, the month isn't over yet, but it's tough is the point. So either 
I need to build a little team and have three or four absolute killers, monsters, guys that want to, guys and gals that want to really work hard and really, really, you know, hit the phones and, and go to their meetups and go to the RIA groups and do all the things that you got to do to hit deal flow. Or I have an alternative strategy that I really have been considering. And my mentors don't think it's the right strategy yet because they think I should focus on generating deal flow and originating loans because, and that makes sense. And I'm going to con- continue to do that. But I have a plan that I think is very scalable and very valuable to the people involved in this plan from the equity investors in the fund to the people who I'm going to make this offer to. And here's here's what it is. What I'm going to do is I'm going to call up some of my favorite trusted private lender competitors, basically competitors. I say competitors, but really we're not competitors. We're just buddies. They're in a market. I'm in a different market. We don't really even compete. So really competitor is probably the wrong word, but uh, some of my pals, and I have a couple pals that I've, I've made friends with and that I'm growing strong relationships with across the country that do exactly what Finley Capital does. They are small mom and pop private lender operations. Most of these uh, pals, if you will, they are in the process of trying to grow their balance sheet as well. So some of these uh, some of these private lenders have balance sheets of eight, nine, 10 million, kind of like Finley Capitals. Some of them have one or two million. Some of them are bigger. Some of them are smaller, everywhere in between. But what they all pretty much have in common is that they all have more deal flow than they have capital to deploy. And what happens when you're building a private lending company is as you build your infrastructure and you build your reputation and you build your track record, your ability to generate deal flow inbound from borrowers typically will exceed your ability to raise capital to deploy and to fulfill those loan obligations. And so that's where I think the fund can come in and solve a problem, serve a purpose. What I want to do is I want to create a program. I'm going to call it a takeout program or a recapitalization program. And the way it will work is like this. The the fund will raise capital from investors. And it's, that's what we're doing now. We just uh, had a big investment uh, this past week. We had a million dollar investment come into the fund, which is really cool. So capital comes into the fund. And now that capital needs to be deployed into loans. Obviously, plan A is to deploy that capital into loans originated by Finley Capital. But as again, as like I said, the capital that comes into the fund uh, exceeds my ability to deploy into brand new loans. Now I need somebody to help me deploy that capital. Well, guess what? My lender pals who are short on capital, but high on deal flow, that creates a synergy or a mutually beneficial situation. So here's the offer. And I haven't structured all the details of the offer. I haven't ironed out every single step in it yet, but I'm it's developing right now. So this podcast is a vision for the future, if you will, into how to execute the strategy. But I want to get it out there so people start thinking about it. I'm going to go to my lender pals in Virginia, Tennessee, Alabama, wherever I have good, strong, trustworthy relationships. And what I'm going to say is here's the deal. As Finley Capital's debt fund, if you will, grows in volume and balance sheet size, and we need to deploy our capital more and more, we're going to create an option for you guys when you're short on capital. So let's say you're the private lender out there in Tennessee, and let's say you have a balance sheet of $2 million worth of great loans on your balance sheet. Let's say you have a pipeline of 500,000 loans that that you've quoted and that your borrowers want to proceed with you. But let's say you only have 
100,000 in working capital, operating capital available. Well, you have a problem. And when you're growing a private lending company, this happens all the time. You have to, you have to balance raising capital with deploying it into loans. So you have to generate for marketing to get new loan applications. And you have to market for capital so you can fulfill those obligations. Well, what happens a lot of times is the marketing efforts uh, for generating borrowers exceed your ability to raise capital at the same pace. So in this particular scenario, this particular private lender might be 400,000 short in terms of capital available to fund the loan obligations that they've committed to. And I, I can tell you over the course of Finley Capital's development, I've been in this situation many times. It's not a fun situation to be in as a private lender because you want to be able to fulfill your obligations that you make when a borrower requests to borrow money from you and agrees to actually do that. The worst thing in the world for a new or a growing private lender is to make a loan commitment to a borrower and then not be able to fund that loan because you don't have the capital. You follow? But the other problem is, if you're a new private lender, is if you're going to try to raise capital from your friends and family, you have to show them that you have deals to actually put them in. So it's a chicken or the egg kind of problem. And it's very, very difficult to grow over the first couple of years when you're a private lender because of this dynamic. So what I'm offering is a solution or at least an option for a solution for any private lender that I have in my network that I trust to solve this issue when it comes up. So again, this guy has $2 million on the balance sheet. He's got 500,000 in pending loan pipeline volume, but he's only got 100,000 in available capital. So he's 400,000 short. So the debt fund can come in and I can take a look at his $2 million balance sheet and I can purchase some of his performing debt. And what that will do is it will recapitalize his balance sheet. So he's gonna, we're gonna look at the 2 million that's on the balance sheet. We're gonna look at some of the deals that are near completion or fully complete. Obviously the closer to completion, the less risky they are because they've already been renovated. So the loan to value is, is at its highest or lowest ratio possible as opposed to a deal that just started where it still needs to be renovated. So we can come in, the debt fund can come in and take a look at the balance sheet and say, okay, let's see what you got here. How about, you know, house one, two, and three. Those houses look great. One, two, three, and four. They're each $200,000 loans. I'll tell you what, the, the debt fund will come in and we'll purchase half of those debts. So 100,000 times four is 400,000. And we will take over or assign, you can assign the interest of those performing loans into the fund. And then the fund will pay you, purchase those loans, which will inject 400,000 of working capital into your balance sheet. So you as the lender can take that 400,000 and go fund those four new loans. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty interesting. Here's how it works. So basically what happens is the private lender looks at the opportunity and says, okay, I got 2 million on the balance sheet. I got 500,000 pending, but I don't have enough cash to, to finance these or to, to fund these deals. If I can't fund these deals, they won't close. My, my business will suffer. My reputation will suffer. But also I won't be able to earn the origination and processing fee income that comes from those deals, which is the lifeblood of any private lending company is those origination and processing fees. So in order to fulfill those obligations and to be able to generate those and, and collect those fees, the lender looks at it and says, well, what, what can I give up? What can I sacrifice in order to, uh, to achieve that? And the answer is, it's not that much, frankly. The, the private lender can sell one, two, three, 400,000 in interests out of his or her performing loans and basically forego collecting the remaining balance of those interest payments as they become due so they lose that 
servicing spread, if you will, that servicing fee, but they gain all the origination fees and they gain the ability to close, you know, to fund the loans that they promised to fund. So really, it's a great deal for both parties. Now, the fund will purchase those loans not at par. They're not going to, it's not going to be a discount. And the fund, I think, is going to pre-collect the interest that's remaining on the loans, just like we do with our new loans. So the the private lender will need to understand that. And how that will work, basically, is let's say it's a $100,000 loan at 12%. And uh, there's four months left on the loan. Well, if we're going to buy that loan for 100000 we might net fund it with 96000 So we'll collect We'll, that we'll buy a $100,000 interest, but we'll only send $96,000. We'll take the other $4,000. We'll put it in escrow. And then 30, every 30 days that comes around when there's another payment due, we'll take that 1000 out and we'll pay the fund just like we do with any other loan. Now, I've heard uh, private lenders hearing this ask for feedback. They say, well, what happens if the loan repays early? Well, that's no problem. We'll just net out the payoff balance between the lender and the fund to account for that pre-collected interest. In other words, if the loan pays off the next day after we fund it, then the balance owed when they refinance that loan and that loan comes back is only 96 to the fund, not 100,000. So they don't lose anything. But what that does for the fund is it creates a situation where the payments are already pre-collected, which I love because I don't like to collect payments. I don't want to have a lot of problems with servicing and, and running down buyers and all that stuff. And it keeps the fund kind of in the background. So the, so the private lender doesn't lose the relationship with the borrower or have that threatened in any way. Basically, they're just doing a loan assignment, which is what we do every day with a co-lender loan. So that that private lender will originate the loan, fund the loan, start servicing the loan. They'll call us up one day and say, hey, we need 400 grand, can you help us out? We take a look at their balance sheet. We say, okay, uh, sure, we'll buy interests, you know, $100,000 interest in those four deals. It looks like each deal has three or four months left on its maturity, so we're gonna, we're gonna net fund this loan. We're gonna pre-collect that interest at the note rate. And uh, as the payments become due, we'll just send the payments to the fund from the reserve account. And if any of those loans, as they repay you, we're going to have that assigned interest. So our loan will need to be repaid. So the private lender will collect the proceeds and then pay off our loan to extinguish our assigned interest. And then we're going to do it over and over again, over and over and over. And I think that will be a really, really good way for private lenders to recapitalize their balance sheets quickly so that they can fund their deals and they can grow their balance sheet and they can actually fulfill their obligations and they don't have to lose out on origination and processing fee income that they would lose out on if they couldn't fund the deals that they promised to fund. And then for the Elfenora Fund, we build a balance sheet of low risk debt. It's really, really nice. So let's say for example, the let's say the original deal was a after repair value of 200,000. And let's say that the loan was 100,000. So the loan to after repair value was only 50%. Well, here's the beauty of it. By the time the fund comes along and buys that loan, that property has already been renovated. So now that property is actually worth 200,000. It might even be on the market or it might be about to hit the market or it might be really, really close to completion. It just needs final paint and touch-ups or whatever. So let's say we come in and one of the things that we're gonna do with the fund is we're gonna keep the private lenders in those loans too. So we're not even gonna buy all of the loan, we're only gonna buy a portion of the loan. So let's say we buy $60,000 of that $100,000 loan. What that means is the fund is gonna own a $60,000 interest in a piece of collateral that right now is worth approximately 200,000. So our net exposure on that loan is only 30% of its value and 
the private lender who originated the loan is still vested in that deal, has still has a vested interest in that loan getting repaid for two reasons. Number one, they still have $40,000 of that $100,000 loan still belongs to the balance sheet of the private lender. So he or she needs to keep collecting interest payments and servicing that deal. And number two, now for Finley Capital or for the debt fund, if you will, the servicer who sold us that interest or who assigned us that interest still has a vested interest in getting that loan repaid, which repays us. And that's what we want. We want loans that mature and get repaid. Then we'll do it again and again and again. So this strategy or this structure, if you will, is going to, I think, create a really good win-win opportunity between the private lender partners and the fund. And my job as the general partner of the fund, the manager of the fund, if you will, is to go out and build these relationships with the right people who are doing good loans, who are making loan decisions and underwriting decisions that match the core values of Finley Capital, and then help them to understand the value of using this recapitalization strategy or this takeout strategy when they need it. Now, obviously, basically what it means for the private lenders is that they have a a, a co-lender or an investor, if you will, that's willing to buy their debt at a high rate or willing to basically finance their loans at a high rate. Now, their ideal objective as a private lender is to go out and raise capital as inexpensively as possible. So this isn't a plan A for a private lender. This is a uh, a backup plan or a last resort plan for a private lender, if you will, because if they can raise capital cheaper than the note rate, that's how they make their servicing spread. So if that, pro- if that note that they wrote, that loan that they wrote was at 12% interest and they can find an investor that will buy that debt, you know, or will assign that loan or co-lend on that loan for say 9%. Now they have a servicing spread of 3%. That's how they make some of their income. If they can't find that lender at 9% though, they can call our fund and our fund will take them out at that note rate of 12%. So they're going to lose that servicing spread on that 60,000 because they're not going to earn that income anymore. But they're okay with that because they're going to take that 60,000 in cash. They're going to move it into the next deal and they're going to make three, 4%, you know, origination fee points right out of the gate on that money that they otherwise would not have been able to make. So the the cost is the cost of doing this is less than the benefit of doing it, which makes it a good value for the lender. And then of course for the fund it makes it a great value because we're able to deploy capital at note rates of 12%, which exceeds our our preferred rate of return in the fund, which creates profitability for the fund and allows the fund to grow and allows the fund to be attractive to investors to invest in because of the portfolio dynamics that the fund is consists of. And then I can do that and I can grow that. So that's very exciting to me because I won't be limited to grow. I'll be able to grow the fund again, responsibly over time, but build a portfolio that creates a really attractive risk premium, if you will. In other words, somebody who's looking at uh, maybe uh, somebody who's considering an investment in the fund, the what they're basically going to look at is they're going to look at the portfolio value and then obviously the operator and the other factors. But the main thing they should be looking at is, okay, Logan, if I invest in this debt fund, what's in it? What What is the likelihood that this fund will perform like you hope it will? And so the better I build the portfolio, the stronger I build this portfolio, the more attractive the fund is to investors, which makes them more likely to want to invest in it, which makes it worth more. And so, and, but, but for me, other than that, which is obviously paramount, what's, what's important for me or what I like about this model is I basically turn into the funding source for 
a dozen or two dozen private lenders across the country. So they do the originations and they're in the markets that they work and they can generate a million a month, right? So let's say I got, I got 10 really good relationships all across the country and each one of those is growing and they want a million dollars from Finley Capital or from the debt fund at a time. Well, guess what? Now I can deploy $10 million a month. Well, the fund size can be 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollars and be able to perform well at that scale because we have these partners. And the beautiful thing too about setting this up as you, you know, it's one thing to, to, to spout off about building this, but it's another thing to actually execute it. But here's the cool thing about that. Our Finley Capital underwriting process is already built. Our loan assignment and servicing process, they're already built. They're already dialed in. So when a loan opportunity for a recapitalization or a takeout comes in, comes into our, our pipeline, we're going to underwrite that loan the same way we underwrite it now. But the beautiful thing is it won't take us as long or cost us as much because the operator on the ground, the private lender that we're partnering with, has already underwritten it. So all we have to do is check their work, set up some systems to create safeguards, check the current condition of the property, check the current condition of the renovation schedule and the balance. So we're going to underwrite it for sure because we don't want to buy any bad debt. But there's also this incentive for the private lender to send us good debt and not to uh, saddle us with a bad loan because they know if they give us a bad loan or if they're untruthful or if they're deceitful or whatever, they're never going to get financing from us again. They're never going to get takeout funding from us again. So there's that built-in incentive for the private lender to, to be transparent and to do good business because they know if they do good business with us and they send, you know, they're transparent and they're doing great underwriting that we're going to be there for months and months and months and years and years and years into the future, providing the service to them until they no longer need it, which might be never. You know, I have a couple of lenders that say, hey, basically that turns into a partnership where they get the origination and we get the servicing spread in the fund, but they get to stay in a portion of that loan as the lender as well, as a co-lender. So they might have 25% of the loan and we might have 75% of the loan. So that lender gets to keep some of their investor capital or their own capital deployed at that eight, nine, 10%, whatever it is. And they still get some servicing spread on that income as well, which is additional revenue for them. But they're able to do a loan that they might not otherwise have been able to do because the debt fund comes in with them and helps them to bridge the gap of the total balance of that loan. So I hope I didn't lose people. I know I'm, I'm rambling here a little bit, but anybody out there who's listening to this, who's a private lender, who's my pal, I hope that this was a little bit helpful to give you guys the vision from your side of how this can go. Now, obviously I need to raise more capital and grow and grow and grow for this to be able to, I, for me to be able to deliver on this promise. But I can tell you what, if somebody had come to me two years ago and made this offer, I would raise my hand in a heartbeat because Anytime I was writing loans, anytime I was doing marketing, I was scared to death to do a lot of marketing because I was afraid I was going to get deal flow. And, and just close your eyes for a minute and imagine, imagine you're a private lender, you're building your balance sheet. Let's say you've built your balance sheet up to $2 million. And what that means is between your own money that you've, you, that you've put into your company and your mom and dad's money and your brother and sister's money and your best friend, your maid of honor's money, you've raised up between your pals, 2 million bucks which means you've, you've raised that much money and now you've lent out that much money. So on your balance sheet, there's no cash and there's $2 million worth of loans, which is ideal, right? Not ideal. Ideally, you want some cash for the next loan. But ideally speaking, all the capital that you raise is going out into private loans. 
Well, what happens if you do a great job, you raise $2 million from your buddies, and then you do a great job and you deploy it into $2 million worth of great loans? Guess what? You've done a great job. And guess what else? You're out of money. So now how can you continue to do marketing when you don't have any money to actually fulfill the obligations that you will have as the lender when borrowers come in and ask to borrow money from you? So you become hesitant to do marketing. You become terrified to do marketing. Or worse yet, you have <laughs> you do marketing or you don't do marketing or whatever, or you were doing marketing and then you stop. But guess what? The marketing worked and more deal flow comes in. So you make this $2 million with the loans, you're out, of, you're out of capital because it's all deployed. And the next thing you know, half a million dollars in great loan requests come in and you're scratching your head and you're scrambling. You're saying, oh, what am I going to do? And it's really hard to go to a stranger or go to a friend and family member and say, can you please help me? I need your help. I have loans that I can't fund. Just imagine that dynamic. It sounds like you're desperate for money or like you have a problem. And basically you are desperate for money and you do have a problem. It's not a operating problem. It's just a lack of capital problem. So this is the solution for that, right? Imagine you're that lender and you, you, you're having a hard time raising more capital because you've, you just don't have the track record or you don't have anybody else to talk to or just nobody's into it or whatever. Or you got to close this loan in six days and it's going to be really hard to go raise half a million bucks in six days. Well, you can call me. We'll, we will look at that $2 million on the balance sheet. And I guarantee you 500,000 of that is in good shape. I mean, the whole thing should be in good shape, frankly, but we're going to look at the, the last 500,000 of that, the oldest 500,000, the 500,000 loan positions that's nearest to completion, because that's the less risky, the least risky for the fund. And we're going to buy that at the note rate and then recapitalize that bar, that, that operator. So he can go and fulfill those loans. And I've done this too, by the way, I've sold loan interest off of Finley Capital's balance sheet to recapitalize my, my balance sheet to fund new deals. And you know what? As the, as the operator, I don't really care which dollar or which loan gets recapitalized because I need the capital and it's all on my balance sheet anyway. It was all on my balance sheet to begin with. So whether it's the, the newest debt or the oldest debt, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you're trading paper for capital so you can go and redeploy into those new deals. And it's a, it's a solution to a problem that really, really exists. And I am really excited about this. So in conclusion, if any of you out there listening that run private lending operations that are my buddies have interest in this, just shoot me an email or text or something. Go get it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Finley Capital Podcast. Please like and share this episode. Help us grow our following so we can help more hard money loan borrowers and investors like you. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finley Capital. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We'll see you out there.